Are we recording now? Yeah. Okay. I feel like I'm being interviewed. I don't know why your chair is four foot in the air and mine is on the ground. <laughs> describe describe the setting around you, please. We are in Richie's dad's shed, which is an amazing shed. Any man would be ultimately proud to have this shed. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are flying bicycles. There's a trailer for manly things. There's bags of manly things. There's a big manly desk. Mm-hmm. And there's a beautiful little stove burning away with wood. I can only presume he chopped down while topless <laughs> sometime in the autumn. Okay, so he did chop it down. That's wood from the tree down the end that he trimmed. And he's putting it up there to, to burn in a stove that he uh, reclaimed from rust himself. And see that kettle that's po- that's that's oh, that yeah. poised directly on top. It looks very picturesque and lovely. He warned me before we started recording. Uh, don't, there's water in that kettle, but please don't drink it. <laughs> please don't use it. What's the, why did he? Why does he have poison water here? Is <laughs> he this a test? He wouldn't tell. <laughs> have I failed the test? I drank it already. <laughs> he wouldn't tell me. And Hercules is here. Hercules is here too. He's walking around. He's very confused by the new surroundings. He's- He's a scaredy cat when it comes to new people, but he settled in because Richie already had loads of chicken to bribe him. I had my pockets overflowing with chicken <laughs> before we started. Okay, I'm going to need uh, you to take... Herc is actually terrified of measuring tape. Is he? Yeah. Okay, well... He's, he's going to start barking. Uh, fuck, two meters is long, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, so... It's one Steve Merchant. There we go. That's two meters? Yeah, we're about two meters. Hold on, let me get a picture of this. Yeah, put that on the Instagram. Uh, two meters apart, just so up top. It's all right, yes, it's all right. You probably assumed we are back in person again for the first time in a full Gregorian calendar year. Gregorian calendar. I don't know why you specified the Gregorian <laughs> calendar. <laughs> oh, yeah. The Chinese one or whatever, but no, we are, it's the first time we are back in person. We are socially distanced. We are recording in the shed with all of the windows and doors open. Can see my breath. Ventilation. I can see Richie's breath. Yeah, we're but our breaths are up. far apart. <laughs> They're not intermingling. Not intermingling. We are not crossing the streams. Uh, Richie's coffee is steaming away. It's all very scenic. It, this is this is toilet duck to kill off any um <laughs> any uh, coronavirus. I may have my system. Oh, I should have listened to Trump. <laughs> I know, right? How many times have we said that? What a year! That's a thing that <laughs> happened this year. Oh, we will get into it. Um, ju- yeah. So we are being as COVID secure as we can. Um, also, I want to point out because the news just broke about London going into tier four and then putting ultra police, lockdown. Yeah, ultra lockdown, putting police everywhere to stop them from leaving London. I left London before all this happened. Before we got your messages, uh, I got, I paid someone an extortionate amount of money to um, violate my nostrils <laughs> with, with a swab. And then you got your test. And then it turns out that dude was just not affiliated with HSE at all. <laughs> Are um, you sure you have to use your penis? <laughs> Standard practice. <laughs> Rudy Giuliani told me. Uh, and it came back negative. Um, what I described earlier about my COVID results actually says po- positive the first time, but that was because I was po- they were positive results in the sense that they were good. <laughs> I didn't have it. And then I went, oh, no, wait, no, negative. It's negative. I'm feeling positive about it, but it's a negative result. Um, yeah, so just COVID secure podcast. And then neither of us have really gone anywhere or done anything in the no, interim. So no. So if we do end up getting COVID, it's probably Herc's fault. It's probably Herc's fault. Um, but that's it. We're in person together. I forgot. I forgot. I forgot about just like the raw sexual tension whenever we record it's a person. Huge. It's just massive. It's two meters is not enough to oh, contain it. Jesus Christ. Just throbbing auras. If it wasn't for like our three inch penises, they'd be touching. <laughs> it's okay to make penis jokes about yourself. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um so <laughs> you're welcome, predominantly young female listeners. <laughs> oh no! Oh, and, our and, ma- and our moms. <laughs> and, and they're gone. There we did it, Steve. <laughs> Took four years, but we finally lost them all. Uh, this is our Christmas episode. We, we did it. We made another year. And uh, what's the tradition usually in these Christmas episodes, Steve, for like the cold open? Oh, you give me a present. I give you a present. Now, you were supposed to come down yesterday. Yeah, Saturday. Um, Saturday, but I uh, requested that you push it back a day because the present that I ordered this year, and it's usually always some sort of novelty present, the present I ordered this year, I was told, I got an email saying, hey, it's arrived from abroad and it's in the caring, loving embrace of On Post right now, um, but you can expect to receive it in the next three business days. And this is on Friday. And I messaged you, got, oh, please... Maybe, I don't know, hopefully it'll come Saturday. Dear, I don't know. Dear Santa. But it did! It's a Christmas miracle! <laughs> On Puss came through for the win. They had their sled, they managed to, to go into the deepest dark of Kildare the, where Richie lives. Now, let me, uh, okay, so. 
Here we go. So before I give it to you, it's bigger. Kirk, move. It's bigger than last year, folks, but not as big as other years before that. So what what other presents have we gotten? You have gotten me. Mm. At first, it was a series of boxes and envelopes that all said "fuck you, Steve." It said "go it, fuck yourself." Go Steve. fuck yourself, Steve. Until it was a lovely photograph of me mm-hmm. hugging Teddy Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. Then you got me a pillow with Elvish for what on politics on it, which could actually say "fuck you, Steve." Oh, could say any yeah. Probably, probably, probably go fuck yourself, go fuck Steve. Steve. <laughs> I haven't got that verified. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you got a necklace mm-hmm. that was splits with pod asts. Yeah, a heart shaped pendant that we each have half of. I got the asts, and you got the asts. Uh, so this year I forgot for, to wear it today oh no oh me too <laughs> we're bad at this uh, so this year for the year that's in it I struggled long and hard usually I have a bit of a brain thrust going brain, brain trust not brain thrust <laughs> it works <laughs> either one uh, with the lads about what to get you and this year was so hard because like I wanted something that acknowledged the year that was in it but that was like novel but that was fun and not depressing and I came around to this idea of catharsis and how important it is to process your emotions. And I feel like this year there's been a lot of emotions. And for some people, the processing of emotions happens kind of passively in the background. Uh, for some other people, like myself, uh, you need, you know, you go to therapy to process your emotions. And you need to be more kind of forward about it, more considered about it. Um, we talked about mental health this year. and with an amazing with, guest. With amazing guest Brezzy. More on him later. Uh and it got me thinking as well about, okay, how can I help Steve process the year that's been in it in a way that is quintessentially him and quintessentially us? So with that in mind. Here's your present. Thank you. Okay, it's a box. It's mm-hmm. a red box. Herc likes it too. He's, he's curious. <laughs> he's, well, he's giving it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> It is toilet roll with the coronavirus on it. <laughs> now it's not, sorry, no, it's it's <laughs> toilet paper with a image, a facsimile, a visual facsimile of the the coronavirus, not actual coronavirus on it. We don't know for sure. We'll find out in five to ten days. <laughs> but for definite, there is an image of that horrible fucking mutant that we've all been looking at for so long. Hey, and now you can now you can show him who what's what. If you know what I mean. <laughs> Well, what happens if I'm the first person to get it via their bum? <laughs> well, I think that'll uh, do wonders for our, our, our listenership and our statistics in general. Thank you, Richie. I will treasure it always. Or for like... But see. wait, there's more! <laughs> I was, yeah, about two days. Depends, uh, on how, depends on how big Christmas is. Because, um, so, the year that was in it, there was more than just coronavirus this year. There was. So, I, I felt like, I, that was my initial idea. But then as I was using... Um, uh, a website called Toilet Face. <laughs> um, I, it got me thinking about other things I could do. So uh, here's here's another one. It's not as eloquently or as beautifully wrapped. Oh no, this is going to be horrifying. Yes, it is what I thought it was. It is Donald fucking Trump's face on toilet roll. What yeah. do you think, Kirk? Mark's trying to kill it. <laughs> not a fan. And one last one, again, just to kind of sum up the year that's been in it adding it to the pile of, you know, what we need to process. Is this going to be like my face or something? No. Racism. <laughs> Systemic racism is the next one. <laughs> and Herc is definitely trying to kill that one. <laughs> Herc's a brand dog. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it, Herc. <laughs> yeah, Herc's not a fan. So uh, that's not me being facetious, right? And that's me literally saying all these things can go do one. Uh, <laughs> this is what we have to do with all these things. Yeah. So there you go, Steve. I don't know if you're actually going to use them or if you're just going to, they're going to be, you know, decoration for your bathroom. (laughs) Yes. Do you do whatever you want with it? I can't believe you used my decorative toilet roll. You leave (laughs) a toilet roll in the toilet. That's what's going to happen. I've just noticed that Herc's eyes are covered in his goo, which he loves to eat. (laughs) Way to ruin the moment. (laughs) Hey, Steve. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Okay, so I'm just back from testing out the presents. It was great. <laughs> and how'd they go? Oh, yeah, yeah. Nice and smooth. I tell you what, systemic racism, it ain't coming back. <laughs> I showed it what's what. Uh, it, it 
it does look like terribly cheap wall, uh, wallpaper and toilet paper. It looks like it doesn't look like I don't know if I'd recommend using it, but well, no, it's, it's, it's nice and soft. It's yeah, probably it's okay. like, you know, Orc is really going for it. He really wants it. Yeah. Love it. Not a fan. Get your ball. Oh, the ball's gone. Yeah. Uh, so Christmas episode <laughs> this year. What what are we doing? What, are, what What's this one about? We're going to do another year in review. Where we're going right. to switch it up. I think we usually like go through all the different episodes. Yeah. We, but, which... Yeah, it's grand. It's grand. We've 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 already done those episodes. We have, <laughs> and not a lot has changed for a lot of them, apart from Donald Trump not being around anymore. That'd be great. Yeah, uh, but no, we we're gonna do we're gonna rip off a time honored tradition Ooh. of picking people of the year, and rather than just picking one, we're gonna pick thirteen. It was supposed to be twelve, but it turned out to be thirteen. Yeah, we it was a bit it's a bit like jazz with <laughs> the spreadsheet <laughs> where we fill it out. <laughs> yeah, um, these are not all good. People. No. Some of them are good, some of them are bad. Yeah. Some of them some are, are indifferent. amazing, some are horrendous, but they're all notable in some way or another and are all indicative of the year that's been in it and should give us like space to talk about some of the key events of this year. Wow, you put that really well. Did I? Yeah. Oh, man. Good job. <laughs> oh, we're, God. On a, we're on a high. I need, a, I need a nap. <laughs> Richie, oh no, I, I can't stop him from falling. I can't touch so him though he's on the ground. I got nosebleeds. I'm actually quite impressed. Richie's got like five of his shirt buttons open, even though it's really cold. Well, that's it. I just don't. If I, as soon as I do this, I feel like I'm going to a wedding or something. If I buttoned it all the way up, <laughs> the Johnny Cash. Maybe you're going to a wedding. Maybe I am. <laughs> the great fun. So, shall we just start? Because there's a few to get through. Yeah, first one's yours. <laughs> the first one uh, is Covarius Idlington the nineteenth. <laughs> Let me try and say that. Covarius is Isling Idlington Idlington the X I X. Yeah. Covarius said LinkedIn the 19th. Uh, Covarius uh, is a creature of my own creation. Um, non-binary, no, no real gender, uh, but is the embodiment of the coronavirus. Uh-huh. And you talk, you know, we talked about catharsis earlier. The, the only way I can process the complex emotions I have about this pandemic is if I can put a face to it. But it's very hard to put a face to a virus unless... You have mental problems like me, and you manifest them as a person. <laughs> and that person is Covarius Idlington the nineteenth. Uh, in my head, picture um, picture probably like Professor Umbridge from the Harry Potter series, uh, in the sense that they are someone who comes in, destroys anything fun or positive in just its general area. Uh, doesn't give two shits about people or any, you know anything really but unfortunately unlike Professor Umbridge it cannot be gotten rid of in a big centaur gangbang um, so that's where the two <laughs> kind of differentiate each other I guess and that's it yeah that's that's not my best person of the year that's not a person of the year that's like one of the worst people of the year in Fair my enough. mind yep. and I, I assume you're not going to contradict me on this <laughs> no it's it's shit yeah it would, I would have rather this thing didn't happen yeah like I was thinking about this, this is like I've only been learning about politics from you for the past four years now. <laughs> only four, <laughs> only four years. I've only been running a semi-professional podcast for four years. <laughs> <laughs> only like a, you know, the length of a presidential term, but whatever. Uh, but this is the first time like politics became like where I fully appreciated the intersection of politics and whether people live or die in the same way, you know, wars would have been in the past, I guess. Yeah. Um, but this is the first time where I was like, oh, it's obviously it's something I always knew, but it's never something I appreciated until now where we're seeing all over the world so many instances of when people do something right, people live. When politicians do something wrong, people die. Yeah. Uh, and it, holy shit, does it throw the whole study of politics into much starker relief for me. The analysis of what different governments did for this thing is going to be incredible like I'm really looking forward to reading the books on this in five years oh yeah like the books are going to come out in three years but I'm not going to be ready to read them by then no. so I'll wait for five years and then yeah. get onto them yeah it's nuts it's like from China shutting down disappearing the virus in its way mm-hmm. and then essentially reopening to mm-hmm. a point that none of us can really do in the rest of the western world um, to the United States of America which is just it's an incredible clusterfuck. About 20% of Americans have got coronavirus. Insane. It's nuts. Insane. And Absolutely then you've got insane. the UK who are just bumblefucking their way through it. Oh my God. Trying, failing, not trying, failing that and whatever like, the fuck they're doing now. If you imagine Boris Johnson as he is now with the physicality that he has trying to do a cartwheel, like that's a perfect visual metaphor for him also trying to deal with coronavirus. Like I'm sure he, he'd... He fell into it when he tried to do that cartwheel. That's he, what happened to him. Yeah, exactly. And then nearly died. Yeah. Like he... I think, Herc, I think Herc found the chickens. Herc found the chickens. 
Good boy, Herc. Uh, yeah, I think like, you know, Boris Johnson could probably do something that by some definitions would be a cartwheel, but by God, it wouldn't be effective. It wouldn't be good. Did you get the chickens? <laughs> you got him, buddy. You got him. Um, but yeah, anyway, Covarius, Idlington, the 19th. Fucking can go do one. Yeah, hopefully he'll be gone by next year. Hopefully. You're, you're, you're up next, I think. Yeah. Um, sticking on Covarius, but moving back into reality, we'll talk about COVID Tonys. Because uh. there have been two two figures who are not politicians, but have effectively taken massive political power. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Tony Houlihan, the Irish chief medical officer who has been running NEFIT, which is like our group that comes up with the suggestions for government on how to sort the whole coronavirus mm. thing. Like a sage, for isn't it sage in the UK? I'm not sure. Anyway, sorry, go on. Yeah. Um, he's been, he, like, he's been the chief medical officer for Ireland for a very long time. I think 2008. Um, but nobody would have really, Herc's just barking at the people who actually own the house. Um, Herc. And he's doing it with the ball in his mouth, so it sounds funny. Herc, shut up. Um, people are well used to him barking on yeah. the podcast. He, he really came to the fore. He is now, he is now on the tip of everyone's tongue. He has been in all news conferences about this thing from the start. Everyone is like waiting to see what he recommends. And then for the first while, the government just did absolutely everything they were told by him to follow mm-hmm. the advice. It worked out pretty well. We nearly eliminated the virus in the summertime. Then it came back and the government were less inclined to do everything he said. And there was a bit more kerfuffle about like who's in charge, Neffet or the government. Mm. Um, but now they've come to like an uneasy alliance, I guess. The government trying to keep the country as relatively normal as it can, while also listening to the vice to not kill everybody. It's such a bizarre thing about our country that the government itself is an uneasy alliance of parties That's and they true. themselves are forming uneasy alliances with... with uh, what? <laughs> they're forming themselves uneasy alliances. It's a miracle the country is ranked two for quality of life in the world. Yeah, we muddle through. We, we do. That's the thing. Yeah. It's a flawed system, but by God, do we get results. Yeah. I think the, yeah, we will, yeah, the old coalition government thing is, there's a lot to be said for it. Mm. It's much better than the whole two party system thing that most other countries seem to go with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got another COVID Tony. We have Anthony, I was going to say Scaramucci, but that's not the guy at all. <laughs> it's that's the wrong one. Fauci. <laughs> Anthony Fauci, a different <laughs> Italian guy. Scar- Scaramucci's the mooch, isn't he? Use the Trump's communications guy yeah. who got fired after two weeks. Yeah. Anyway. I think you're thinking of Antonio Banderas. Oh, see. <laughs> see, see, see. How could I not? Um, so he is the American version of this and he's had a, he's had a hell of a time. Oh to tell my you God, that. that poor guy. <laughs> he's, he's, been, he's been working with an absolutely fucking nuts president who doesn't really know what to do, who has admitted to downplaying the virus back mm. at the start to to just talking it off and then acting like he's invincible because he nearly died from it but got saved because they pumped they essentially liquefied two million dollars and put them into Donald Trump mm. um, yeah no I would and then but he's come up as like in the similar way he's been around for a while people hadn't really heard of him but now he's like a figure in himself mm-hmm. and he's being appointed oh I can't remember the specific office by Biden but he's yeah. effectively he's getting a promotion in the yeah. next administration yeah and he'll have more more authority which is great and uh, hopefully an administration that listens to him and Probably. values his input. Probably. Yeah, no, absolutely. They will. They will. Uh, yeah, poor Fauci. Uh, it's almost like, I don't know, to, ju- to, you know, transpose that situation onto something else. Like if he was, you know, responsible for trying to get a man on the moon, say, and yeah. it'd be like the president at the time going, like JFK going, no, the moon's not real. <laughs> like, <laughs> why? You told me to go yeah, there. Yeah. No, no, no. no. I, well, I can't see it. It's because there's clouds. Yeah. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> No, 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 fake news. Fucking moon deniers. (laughs) (laughs) We're taking it one level up. It's not moon landing deniers, it's moon deniers. It's moon deniers. No, the moon, no, that's, the moon doesn't exist. That's just the back of the sun. It's fucking liberal fucking propaganda, you know? Black and white moon? No, No. never, never. Uh, Cool. COVID Tonys. I probably don't appreciate being called COVID Tonys, but well done to the Anthony's. Yeah, well, we had them both listed and we decided to combine them. Combine it purely because they're the same name. And, uh, and similar remits, I guess. The day after we had the conversation, Tony Houlihan was suggested to me as a friend on Facebook. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think, I guess that means that Facebook reads Slack messages now. Wow. Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> uh, Brezzy's up next. Woo! I'm going to talk about Brezzy because 
I want to be his friend. <laughs> and this is part of my campaign <laughs> to be Brezzy's friend. Uh, Brezzy, who, if you're not aware, was on our um, What Our Mental Health Part 1 episode. And he's wonderful. Uh, and this year has been, uh, could easily have been a year where, you know, a lot of people kind of hibernate a little bit, maybe um, professionally or creatively. You know, they pause a lot of creative pursuits, especially for a musician. You know, a lot of musicians are, you know, just kind of waiting for things to get better so they can go back out touring again, stuff like that. But even though Brezzy is a musician, he's also a little bit more multidimensional to that. And all of his other pursuits have been going really well, um, and particularly in the realm of mental health. So he has his own podcast, uh, Where Is My Mind? It's a Spotify original. Uh, that's been going from strength to strength. So that's been having a really great year. The numbers have been, you know, through the roof. And he's been helping a lot of people with um, processing the kind of shit show that's been this year. Uh, also, he has uh, the Wake Up Wind Out, which is another Spotify original, which is, again, mindful ways of starting and ending your day, which was so popular that it had to go from beyond just Monday to Friday to weekends as well. So again, helping a lot of people there. But uh, aside from that, yeah, his charity, Lust for Life, has been doing a lot of great work this year. And even some more like fun novel stuff he did at the first lockdown. He did the lockdown ukulele rockdown, which is he sent just like a bunch of ukuleles all over Mullingar and they just filmed a big video of everyone playing together and they gave the community something to rally behind and come together and you know get through lockdown Mullingar I need something to rally down really rally does. behind at any time of the year and, <laughs> any, and whatever no matter what's going on he needs to do that as an annual thing now exactly and then uh, more I recently say it because he said it first true <laughs> <laughs> and then more recently in the last uh, lockdown he had the uh, lockdown acapella lockdown which was um, <laughs> done again a similar premise which was done for um, uh, mindingcreativeminds.ie a charity to help creatives get through the pandemic. Uh, and also he's put out a children's book, again, with a focus on mental health called The Chill Skill, which is about helping children to understand and process the emotions of like anger. Um, and in the, in the past, he's done other ones around anxiety and stuff like that. So just like all around, just constantly beating the drum of mental health, particularly in a year that we need it more than ever. Like yeah. we need sound understanding of how to process our emotions and, you know, from sound people. From, yeah, from sound people. And it's okay to not be okay and that kind of thing. And uh, yeah, all around sound lad. Uh, is he? The, I think he's the only guest we ever had that made me cry. <laughs> well, there was that other time, but that was mean. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, looking at you, Sam Conliffe. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a jet. Uh, yeah. So that's that's Brezzy. Yeah, good fella. Good representation of all the work that had to be done this year for that. And oh. he's actually he's 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 walk the line pretty well because a lot of people have been saying that the lockdowns are incredibly bad for mental health. Yeah. Which is true. But he, and he has tried to point out these things while also saying yes, but at the same time we're doing it to save lives. Yes. So he's kind of, he's, he's, he's walking that line very well, whereas others did not. Mm-hmm. Um, Next up, Ursula von der Leyen. Yeah. She is the head of the EU commission. She was appointed at the end of last year and she has had a hell of a year. So mm-hmm. I guess she, she probably didn't see this coming either unless the Illuminati is real and she knew. Yeah, she knew. She knew. She knew. Anyway, well, she still handled it really well. She has had a hell of a year um, trying to keep trying to keep Europe together and relevant on this whole thing. Um, so Ireland, as part of the EU, all our re- reliance on the vaccine being approved and stuff like that, that all comes from Europe. Mm-hmm. So she's been like charging that stuff. She has gathered the countries together to supercharge the EU budget to try and pump a fuck ton of money back into the countries to try and... Um, stave off the economic downsides to the lockdown. Mm -hmm. She has been dealing with Poland and Hungary doing their thing, being all populist and anti-liberal and hurting minorities and not being very democratic while trying to keep them in the EU, which is meant to be against all those bad things. And she has also recently, still now, because they don't have a deal, even though they fucking need one within a few days, has been dealing with the shit show that is and continues to be Brexit. Yeah. Um. So she is just an absolutely fantastic lady and deserves a shout out. We don't really talk enough about the EU considering we live within the EU and it affects so much of our lives. Yeah. So I think... Like, I can't even remember what the name of the last guy was. He was that Luxembourgian guy who's always being accused of being drunk. But he just came across as like a really stereotypical EU bureaucrat kind of dude. Mm-hmm. Whereas this lady seems to be, she seems to personify it a lot more. Like even in Ireland, we had a we had a bit of a run-in with her. When we had to, when our EU commissioner, basically the, the highest Irish representation at the EU, had to quit because he was a shit during the summer and played golf with a lot of people when he shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Um she told us to send two nominees 
one of whom was a woman and she would pick. Yeah. And she basically did that because she knew who she wanted and she knew that that would box Ireland to sending Maiden McGuinness, who mm-hmm. was appointed the new commissioner. And yeah, she's just been great. She's she's kind of bringing Merkel vibes to the EU, I think, which is... Yeah. Yeah. She was like, she's German. She was minister for defense before this in Germany and she was being talked about as being Merkel's successor. Mm-hmm. So she, I think she kind of decided to step over that and take an even bigger promotion. Oh, wow. No, Definitely. Would, Someone yeah. worth keeping an eye on. Absolutely. I love, I love the idea of Merkel vibes is the way of describing something. Yeah. yeah. Got yeah. strong Merkel vibes. Strong, like, competent, no yeah. bullshit. Yeah. Can, yeah, can, can keep people in check that yeah. kind of way, you know? Mm. I'm going to start a Spotify playlist called uh, Merkel Vibes <laughs> with a Z and just try and get, so, you know, a bit of a, a bit of an OST together for, you know, songs that really make you feel like you're Merkel. <laughs> yeah. Merkel and along. Just Merkel and along. <laughs> your dog is amazing timing, my friend. He's barking at your man, eh? Yeah, you leave her alone. She's a saint. Probably supposed to wear chicken strips. Can't, can't, can't name there. Uh, I want to talk about Elliot Page. Yes. This was a big moment, a big moment towards the end of the year and like a lovely uh, tonic for the year that's been in it, especially the way uh, the story unfolded. So Elliot Page, star of December, uh, I think it's December 1st, uh, the star of Juno, Inception and the Umbrella Academy, which I love, came out as trans. And what really impressed me and what really heartened me was the really quick adaption of the correct use of pronouns. Immediately. Like immediately across the board. Wikipedia was updated like almost immediately. And every major news outlet who I checked out was straight away doing the correct use of pronouns. There was fairly limited unless you were looking at the tabloidy stuff going, oh, Ellen Page blah, 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 later on Elliot Page, like turning it into a bit, it was more so like, oh, they, they, they treated it like as a factual news story with the respect that it deserved. Um, and then even looking through the comments of these kind of things can always be a bit of a minefield, but oh shit, the fire. <laughs> it's just going out, folks. It hasn't exploded. <laughs> uh, for reference, Richie is not a manly man like me, so he doesn't, he doesn't really know what to do now. And it's just, he's not sure what sticks to put in. He doesn't know how to put the sticks in. He's terrified. <laughs> I don't even think he's playing it up for an audience, folks. <laughs> My eyes. Richie's now on fire. There we go. We did it, Rick. Oh. Sorry, I really hope that's not uh, disrespectful to the story. <laughs> Unrelated. Unrelated. Yeah, anyway, um, yeah, scrolling through the comments on these things can often be like a, a shit show, um, but it was actually really sweet and emotional to see so many people immediately congratulating him, again, using the correct pronouns, just championing him and just talking about how momentous this is for the trans community, which it is. Huge. Um, absolutely massive because... A lot of the time when you look at the news cycle in relation to trans identity and trans news, it's dominated by like TERFs and yeah, J.K. Rowling and all the debate around, you know, the different, because a lot of these, a lot of the like J.K. Rowling and, and similar like TERF personalities um, already have platforms, you know what I mean? And their stance is already a bit louder. And so they tend to get a lot of um, airtime. But this, this story about Elliot Page came out and exploded and it was wonderful and it was lovely and it was, it gave the trans community um, someone really high profile to rally behind because I, is this the first instance of like a Hollywood A-lister coming out as trans? Yeah, I think maybe Jenner was the last one maybe, but not even, I don't think she had the same stardom. Yeah, exactly. Um, Like certainly maybe inside America, but this is like... Elliot Page is an international star. Oh, absolutely. Like huge, like we said, Inception and yeah. the Umbrella Academy, which yeah. is like one of Netflix's biggest shows right now. And it just became this wonderful change in the type of news stories you read. And ma- I should say like in, in major news publications, of course, there's like LGBTQ plus outlets that are always running like, you know, nuanced news stories about this stuff. But it was lovely to see the public discourse, trans representation talked about in a really healthy way. Yeah. And this is great news. This is something that, you know, will is already helping to shift, I think, people's perceptions of what trans is and how to talk about like trans identity and trans rights and stuff. And just in a year where we learned a lot from Noah Halpin mm. in our What I'm Trans episode that people can go back and check out. It just felt like a nice 
end to the year for this one particular part of the human experience, which is lovely. It is. It yeah. Lovely. So well done, Elliot Page. <laughs> oh God, look at uh, this. Taking a sharp right turn. <laughs> well, let's talk about Rudy fucking Giuliani. Oh boy. America's mayor at one time when 9-11 happened, the country, he managed to get the country and essentially the world to rally around him. Mm-hmm. He was very good at dealing with, with like the public shock of what was going on at the time and mm-hmm. he was just fantastic and like as a mayor as mayors go he was hugely high profile he was very famous and then Trump happened <laughs> and he became he bo- got infected he got infected with the Trumpisms yeah I guess he was probably falling apart before that and there was a lot of inclinations about how oh, much yeah, he like, loved the attention yeah yeah like this probably wasn't a 180 yeah, exactly. <laughs> these things yeah. probably were already there so the reason I have him on he has been Trump's personal lawyer for a very long time so he's outside of the government's part of Trump's machinations and he's had to defend the president on many personal things that have been going on but he got roped into things lately as the spokesperson for the Trump reaction to losing um, he has been doing press conferences constantly talking about how it was a rigged election just showing up at different places including the Four Seasons Landscaping Company in, in Philadelphia there's a highlight 2020 as yeah. well oh my god what a pure moment it is. he's just been it's been a disaster it has been an absolute disaster like for a couple for like a couple of hours when the red mirage was happening when it looked like Trump might actually swing it and get in again mm-hmm. yes a lot of the a lot of the Republican pundits were saying this and that but even when most Republicans went silent, he was still leading the charge mm. to to disparage and to undermine the electoral process of the largest, most important democracy in the world. And while he was doing it, he was just a clown man. Yeah, he started melting on one of the press conferences. Yeah, his the hair, hair dye, the hair dye ran out of his hair. He was just and like I seen so many gifs on Reddit was like how to, and then he got coronavirus recently as well. Yeah, <laughs> and how to how to spread coronavirus? Dab your head with your sweat dab your mouth with your sweat and then put it back in your pocket and take it out and do it all again five minutes later. Oh, and then he like uh, touched the knee and then grabbed the hand of the lady next to him as well. Like just after dabbing his head and mouth and just like going, hey, you have some of this. Just a ridiculous man. Apparently he's already asked Trump for a preemptive pardon because a lot of the things that he's been doing to try and fight the election result might be considered legal under certain Justice Department heads, some of whom may be taking office soon. Yeah. So we might be seeing him in orange jump, um, an orange jumpsuit to go with his mad orange head. Oh man, orange is the new runny black. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, So yeah, he's again, just to re-emphasize, one of our shite people of the year. Yes. Just in case you didn't specifically say that or you didn't pick it up by our tone. I picked him rather than Trump just to give someone else some of the blame for that shit show of a year. Yeah. Um, can I talk about someone better now? Please. I would like to talk about Jacinda Ardern. Woo! Oh my God, she's fast becoming like my favourite politician for any number of reasons. Did you see how she handled during the year? Like uh, she was doing a press, uh, like a satellite stream press conference and then there was an earthquake. Yeah. Just the chillest motherfucker ever. Just an earthquake, doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a structurally sound building. <laughs> All right. <laughs> like she, she's wonderful in so many ways, but obviously for the year that's in it, we want to talk about how the handling of the pandemic and how wonderfully um, New Zealand have handled it and how they have benefited from that and how that a lot of that could be traced down to Jacinda herself. Um, so in a country of 5 million people, they have had 25 deaths. In total? Yeah. Which That's is insane. insane. <laughs> Absolutely insane. Uh, in a recent interview with the um, Associated Press, she spoke about their mindset about how they went into this. And back at the start, when everyone was talking about flattening the curve, which is to say limiting contact so that we spread out the cases so that the health services aren't getting overwhelmed at any one time. Did in yeah, exactly. They spoke about at first they were going to, you know, take that model and flatten the curve. But then they figured, well, why can't we push further that to actually eliminating the virus? And New Zealand has advantages that other countries don't. It's very far away from everywhere else. It's very far away from everywhere else. The population is quite low compared to other other similar sized countries. But she still could have chosen a different way. She could have opened it up again. Exactly. Exactly. So even though, yes, there are certain, and a lot of people point when you say New Zealand is a, is a success story, people point out those things. Oh, would have had this going for it. But it's like, still, it's a pandemic. It'd be very easy to fuck all this up. And, you know, be as worse off as you know any other number of countries but yeah that like i said they instead said okay let's shoot for eliminating disease and look if we fall short it's still it'll still be better so they initiated like strict really strict and really efficient lockdowns they shut the borders and just did all of the all the tools that other countries have used but they just did them quicker and faster and better um 
I they're a perfect counterpoint to the UK in the sense that where the Tories flip-flopped and took their time and were very like unclear and ambiguous about certain things Jacinda and her government were 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 much clearer and much more timely and much more concise in all of the uh, measures they put in place and it really really worked all of that allowed them to go um, 102 days without any community spread at all and then it allowed some normality to return it allowed the economy to recover my brother lives in New Zealand and oh, I hate him because oh all God. I see are photographs and videos of him enjoying life yeah like, like a normal person rugby matches with full stadiums pints Richie pints pints in pubs why do pints suddenly appear? Uh, I'm sorry, I just had a montage in my head of all the memories I've had with pints in pubs. You and I drinking together. Yep. Oh, God. But yeah, it, and it, you know, we talked before about in a previous tepid thought section, I spoke about public health versus the economy being a false dichotomy. Here's a perfect example of that. They are so intertwined that by taking decisive action on the public health front, it allowed the economy to recover way quicker than than other other economies. And you can see that in New Zealand and they're enjoying certain freedoms and, and relaxations and uh, economic benefits that other countries don't have. And again, in, in August, there was a slight resurgence that Donald Trump blew out of proportion <laughs> by saying, you know, New Zealand is overwhelmed, is really bad over there. But it was just a small resurgence. And again, they just stamped it out with swift, decisive action. And another lovely thing that I only learned recently is that New Zealand is going to purchase extra COVID-19 vaccines for its Pacific Island neighbours, including Samoa and oh, Tonga. So, Because that's going to be one of the big things about 2021, about which countries are going to get the vaccines. Yeah. Yeah. So there's already some... Jeez, they're just great, aren't they? They're just all right. Lord of the Rings. And, and, and not only her, but like all the COVID stuff made her fantastic, but she also had a bleeding child. Yeah. She had a baby when yeah. she was prime minister. Yeah. I think that's the first time uh, the head of government has had a baby while they were working. And it's relevant to Ireland because um, Ireland has a cabinet minister who's pregnant, which is the very first time that's ever happened. Man. That's kind of depressing. Though. It isn't. It? <laughs> <Fucking> <laughs> At least hell. it's been changed. At least, yeah. But yeah, but yeah she's, just, she's just great all around. Uh, I adore her. And I think it's it's a wonderful story of like what happens when you lead with empathy. Like empathy first, like, you know, take care of the people first and things, everything comes from that. So that should be first and foremost. Like I say, take care of the people with this you're looking after public health the economy ultimately benefits but because what does the economy accept the actions of a group of people so yeah big fan well done Jacinda Woo. your medal is in the post it'll take a long time because New Zealand's far away exactly oh god just who's next yeah <sighs> different or, yeah so I'm going to talk about Jeff Bezos 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 you say? Bezos. Be- Bezos Bezos I don't know which one is right Jeff Jeff B. Jeff Bezo. <laughs> That's how you do it. Bezo. Uh, we should do a What I'm Billionaires episode. Have to. Yeah, we have to do one, uh, particularly after this year. Uh, the existence of billionaires is morally reprehensible, I've written down here. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, you're not holding back. No. Uh, I, I, yeah, just especially after this year, it's kind of not radicalized me, but uh, solidified my <laughs> opinion on the Not radicalized me because I don't want to have to acknowledge that. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm right. <laughs> it's not radical if it's, I'm right. It's, it's, maybe it's radical in the sense like the way a surfer would say it. Like, <laughs> this is a radical, totally tubular uh, take I have yeah. on it. It's, well, yeah, it is, it's interesting that a statement like that 10 years ago would have been considered massively radical. Mm-hmm. Whereas now it's like, it's politics, baby. Yeah, no, it's, 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 you know, at least when there's so much wealth inequality, it's reprehensible. Yeah. You know, like in a world where the base that everyone exists on is much higher and, you know, there isn't so much of a, maybe then, but it's just in the current world that we live in, it's, it's just not, it's just, it's just, it's, yeah, reprehensible. So Bezos, Bezos is, oh, fuck you, B-Dog, uh, his net worth <laughs> is currently uh, about 185 Billion. billion. I don't know why I paused in the B as if it would be 185 <laughs> euros. <laughs> euros. <laughs> uh, so just to like just to give perspective and have like quantify because you've seen the rice video. The rice video is insane. Yeah, that's a good one. I'll, I'll link that below if people want to check that out. But like in a, an audio version, um, <laughs> like a million sec. Like did it, so you, people think at least I did. You it, like you think about in your head. There's like oh. Me, no money, and then you go 
millionaire and then billionaire and like those are the levels and you view them as steps yeah. and you almost view them as like equal steps you right know. but you, they're you, not I mean, you are so much closer than like us normal people people know, people know millionaires yeah like you are mo- so much closer to millionaire most middle class families are probably millionaire in value like in terms of the wealth of their house and yeah. like all the different assets like in the western world most middle class people are very close to being millionaires yeah or at least know a lot of them and so, you don't know no fucking billionaires. No. So the gap, uh, because it's just disassociated, they live in bunkers and shit, like <laughs> gremlin people. In New Zealand. And you, <laughs> but uh, the difference is, is so stark. So um, uh, a million seconds, have we, I think we've done this before, but do you know how long a million seconds is? A long time. If Take a guess. Like five months? No. A million seconds is 12 days. Okay. Right? A billion <laughs> seconds. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll, we'll we'll go over this quickly, just so you don't seem like an idiot. <laughs> Too late. Uh, a billion seconds. What do you think that is? Five months. <laughs> Correct. No, <laughs> eleven and a half days. <laughs> no, it's a uh, it's uh, a billion seconds is thirty one years. So difference between twelve days for a million seconds and thirty one years for a billion seconds. So that is the difference between like a millionaire and a billionaire. So when we say Jeff Bezos has a hundred and eighty five billion. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. You know, it's absolutely insane. And so the reason, again, I say that it's morally reprehensible is that the like billionaires at that level are billionaires in general, but they are, I wrote down here, um, the ultimate benefactors of a broken system yes. that allows for extreme consolidation and concentration yes. of wealth. So they are benefiting from the systems we have in place that, you know, the more money you have, the more easier it is to make money and consolidate that money and stop it from, you know, Trickling down, trickling down, which is a, which is an imagination thing, anyway. Exactly, and this year has been a a really good example of just how problematic this whole system is. So Jeff Bezos, Bezos, B Dog, has increased his net worth by seventy billion dollars this year. Yeah, which is in like in a year when you know mass unemployment and food banks not having to turn people away because you know normal people now can't can't afford food like it's just like the the economy of india is one that we probably haven't talked about at all it's basically collapsed this year it just it hasn't been able to handle it with the pandemic it hasn't it didn't have the same resources and capabilities that the western countries did so like imagine being poor before in india but now being even fucking poorer yeah yeah it's disastrous um and that's the thing about these billionaires as well it's like they're transnational. Yeah. They almost don't exist in countries. Yeah. They are countries. Yeah, exactly. They do. They transcend, but they're above it now. But at least with a country that's accountable to its people. Who are billionaires accountable to? Yeah. No one. Well, you, Richie, but apart from that. <laughs> uh, the, so there's a Guardian article that just came out this morning talking again about 10 of the richest people in the world, the 10 top billionaires, uh, have increased their wealth by more than $400 billion this year. Just this year the top 10 men have increased their... their like, it's going to take me at least three years to make that I know, money. exactly. It's ridiculous. Um, when this podcast starts getting its donations. <laughs> and also, if you were to take uh, the, like the, the collective wealth of America's 651 billionaires, the extra money they've made this year, not like their entire uh, wealth, but the extra increase in their money they've made this year could be enough to pay for all of America's uh, COVID relief package and they would still maintain, like each of those billionaires would still be as rich as they were before the pandemic. So they could take all of the money that they made, just gi- give it to the people, and every man, woman, and child could receive like three thousand dollar stimulus check, and there they would still be, still be billionaires, but still be as rich as they were before the pandemic. Like that's the scale we're talking about here. And for reference here, people, I know it's really it makes like people hate Amazon essentially because of these things, and because in many ways they're kind of a shit corporation. But at the same time. Not shopping on Amazon is not going to stop this. The, we can get into so much more detail about how to stop these billionaires, but it's going to be through government regulation and laws. Mm-hmm. They own the governments and regulations at the moment. It's nearly impossible to change anything because they'll just whip out massive... Like, I think the tech companies have pumped hundreds of millions into their lobbying in the EU this year because they see massive um, restrictions coming down the line because yeah. the Europeans are less easy with all these big corporations. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's it's not just boycotting these companies that probably won't make a difference you're not going to get enough people to do that mm. we need to get the politicians to get them in line yeah it's possible we can do it yeah I, 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 I on that note I am a bit of a hypocrite I shop on Amazon like you know what I mean uh, I, it's something I need to acknowledge in myself as well that you know it won't change anything but if everyone did stop and shop more locally that would be better in general yeah. for spreading the wealth you know the reason Amazon is so you know successful is because 
everyone shops there, especially during a pandemic. Yeah. And that's why he's been able to like make an extra, what did I say, $70 billion this year. Well, he um, also owns the internet though. Well, it's true. Amazon, Amazon Web Services. Yeah, that's actually services. one of the larger parts of their business that yeah. no one knows about. Oh yeah. Look, they, they own Whole Foods. They own Washington, Washington Post. So yeah. They own, yeah. Well, no, he owns Washington Post. Oh yeah. He himself personally. And he also it. has a space company. Yeah. And God, also, God knows what other secret companies he, he has. Like this is show you how powerful he is. He liked the show The Expanse. And then when that got cancelled, he picked up the phone, like because Sci-Fi were producing it and then distributing it on Netflix internationally. So, and then they cancelled it. And then didn't he pick up a phone and just went, hey, buy that? Because he liked The Expanse and yeah. then now it's an Amazon original. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's insane. Yeah. You like The Expanse. So you're, you love, you, yeah. yeah. You like The Expanse too. You're reading I like the books. The, yeah, I read the books. He hasn't bought the books yet. <laughs> Hercules is enamored with your dad, actually. It's great. Aww. Hercules very rarely likes new people, but he really likes your dad. <laughs> that's very sweet it's very wholesome yeah before we we, we um, put Jeff Be- Bezos in the bin for good uh, his his ex-wife Mackenzie Scott is uh, g- trying to give away her wealth at a she rapid got half. pace yeah no she got a third or something okay. like that she didn't get, she didn't get half there she was only some, got a third of all the money in I the know world. right <laughs> the way she got like 60.7 billion and um, she's trying to basically hemorrhage that money by giving I think in the last few months she's given away 4 billion to COVID relief because him in particular he's pretty infamous for not wanting to give to charities he probably mm. has some stupid ideological reason for being against them or whatever yeah. um, and when she got the money she immediately started giving it away Yeah, she's like oh I'll be happy with a billion yeah. in the bank Yeah, I'll slum it with a bill speaking of bills actually mm-hmm. does Bill Gates make billionaires okay? Uh, I mean he's a better example of a billionaire but he still ultimately benefited from the system he is he has like the Gates Foundation does do great great work but you're just saying that because you got the microchip in you well (laughs) 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 a message is coming up on my MS Paint right now on the laptop in front of me it's terminate conversation how did you even get that on your Apple computer (laughs) Why is he using MS Paint? It's like the shitty spray. Yeah, well, that's the best way to do it. <laughs> oh, that was great. We were watching you. Let's move on. Mm. You can talk about billionaires all day, the bastards. Yeah. George Floyd. I mean. Don't. What? <laughs> I thought you were like, who? No, no, no. No, no. Like, I, I was, what I was going to say was like, well, what can you say? Like, it's such a momentous thing, big thing that happened this year. I was really surprised that he wasn't the time person of the year. Yeah. They went for Harris and Biden instead. Yeah, it's it is a it should, really probably should have been him to be honest. Yeah. Um, but like this is the thing is like how do we even begin talking about it? especially as two white Irish dudes? But I guess we can from our perspective talk about the like the like how it's changed us, I guess, and how it's you know taken the discourse about race and race inequality around not just in America, not just in Minneapolis, but like around the world, and you know makes people like us again two white guys who you know, in the past never would have considered themselves racist aware of the systemic issues yeah. that you don't, when you're white, you don't necessarily inherently pay attention to because they're just always there and invisible. Yeah. You um, think you're just acting as you should because that's how you were raised. Right. Yeah. Because it's the, it's the, you're, you know, water takes the shape of the container it's in and I guess, you know, you just, you, you don't oh notice. Oh it does. <laughs> Except I, no, ice especially. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, except flubber um, <laughs> God what am I doing This is supposed to be Talk about race and equality And I'm talking about flubber um, But yeah Such a, such a uh, momentous thing I thought we could talk about Some of the things That came out of the protests Because again We're just talking about George Floyd here But really it's an umbrella It's like A big collage of yeah. he, He's represent, He's an icon at this point We chose him to represent Black Lives Matter Exactly yeah He's, he's an icon that and, You know Encompasses so much more Than just the name George Floyd um, But yeah Since the protests this year uh, Minneapolis have committed to dismantling its police. Um, so the idea of defunding the police isn't some wishy-washy, you know, lefty, unrealistic cry, you know, exaggerate. It's not hyperbole. It's like a, it's a legitimate, it's a legitimate stance. Yeah. And it has. It merit. is also a bit of hyperbole, but we. <laughs> well, yeah. I, like just to say they're not dismantling the police and there will be, it's not that there won't be any police yeah, in the exactly, city. Yeah. They're going to reform it. And try and make it better rather than just like an oppressive force yeah. that's there to put down people who who don't have any power. It's going to be there to actually help the communities. Yeah. yeah. I think it needs... It's really, it's a, I actually really don't like that slogan because it's so easy to turn against the people. Yeah. I think it needs... 
Because it does require some dismantling, but I think what it needs is a tagline underneath it. So dismantle the police is the is the like reform the H one. Yeah, okay. Well, maybe that's not strong enough. Yeah, well, that's it. I think because yeah. it's it's you know we're talking about murders yeah. <laughs> that have happened, so we need to dismantle the things that are allowing for murders, and in its place build something new. Because again, it's not really you know changing; it's tearing something down and building something better in its place. Yeah. So I think that's why it's dismantled. Defund um, refund. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the defund refund. Um, uh, New York City vowed to reform the NYPD. Huge. Yeah, which is massive. Yeah. One of the biggest police forces in America. To be honest, quite a racist institution as well. <laughs> yeah, extremely so. Uh, there was a recent uh, report issued that showed that uh, NYPD have been using excessive force. Like they had an internal investigation and it's been proven they have been using excessive force and the reason for that is poor training. Well, so we can actually go back. Um, the, the the whole broken windows strategy oh, that yeah. Rudy Giuliani brought in in the mm. 90s. So American cities were kind of awful in the 80s um, and it got to the point that a lot of them were almost it was impossible to live in them. Mm -hmm. So rather than try and look at the systemic problems that was causing poverty and crime, they just brought in a bunch of police to to bash people's heads to force them into compliance. And basically what they did is they pushed um, minorities into suburbs and ghettos in Mm -hmm. New York more than any other actually, to be honest. And then you had the the resurgence of people moving into the cities, the gentrification. And it just got to the point that like these, these people are just squashed into these things being like, well, what's it stopping Frisk is a huge thing in, in New York, especially. Yeah. I think Bill de Blasio who has a black wife and black kids. They, they've been stopped and frisked the mayor. <laughs> so like. Yeah. It's, there's a really good reply all on it that talks about um, Comstat or whatever the system that they've, they brought in place to try and track all of the um, police activity in New York and how it basically turned into it started off like as a way of trying to make things more productive and it turned into just a numbers game a numbers game and the easiest way to get your numbers was like you know write up uh, minorities and like you have to meet your quota of write ups and it's just it's again systemic failure yeah. uh, so the idea of, of NYPD talking about fixing all that is massive huge uh, again, and then like statues representing um, slavery and hate all across America being to- torn down. Like that's... Yeah, it was actually recently the, the American military is going to get rid of Confederate uh, generals and change the names of any bases that have Confederate names on them. It's, yeah, in terms of like a, re- a rec- it only took 150 something years to figure out yeah. that the bad guys in the Civil War were the Confederates. Yeah. They weren't like the noble losers. Wait a second. <laughs> they were fighting for slavery. Yeah. Let's not commemorate the men who chose to fight for slavery. Yeah. Um, and then in the UK as well, you had them ripping down statues of slavers and stuff like that. Exactly. Like, again, this is a movement started there. In, well, not obviously Black Lives Matter has been, go, it has, didn't start this year, but it was a huge catalyst and a big pouring of fuel on the fire that, you know, travel, did travel around the world. And I thought we could end on like a little positive thing. Darnella Frazier, she's a 17 year old who filmed the George oh, Floyd's murder, wow. um, has received the PEN America's Courage Award. Wow. PEN America is um, it's a non-profit organization for, that promotes free expression, um, freedom of expression. And Hercules just absolutely loves your dad. He's just following him everywhere. It's great. That's adorable. That's adorable. Um, but you think about the bravery it took to like film up that close, that murder, um, with police around you and you're seeing, a, she's black herself and you're seeing a black person dying in front of you yeah. that takes courage to film that Huge. and then to share it and it's you know been shared all of, it's it's like it's gone beyond her now it's a living breathing um piece of evidence that's that's traveled all over the world and it took bravery to do that and again it's part of that catalyst that started all this change and she's being acknowledged for it which is lovely wonderful next up is president xi oh, we, here we talked go. about china when we were talking about corona Covarius Idlington. His name is Covarius Idlington the 19th. Anyway, yeah, we were talking about that. So <laughs> this is someone who's going to be very important in the next while and we should definitely give him more shout outs. President Xi is the ultimate Lord Ruler of China. <laughs> the one of the largest, the largest country in the world that continues to get ever more powerful and is even more flexing its muscles. It has managed to come out of the coronavirus with a stronger economy, despite the fact it is the source of the coronavirus. How? Because they locked down really quickly, disappeared people who didn't like it and then reopened. Mm. And then kept like, like, it's very easy 
to do coronavirus restrictions if you don't have to worry about people's freedoms at all. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's why. It's true. Democratic countries have taken the same steps and done it like that, but it's a lot easier when you don't have to worry about whether the people are compliant or not. You just hit them until they are. Right, yeah. Fear is a powerful tool. Yeah. Um, China's also been in the news this year because of the Uyghur situation in Western China. So there's a, a, an ethnic minority of, of Chinese people called Uyghurs who are Muslim and mm. um, they are effectively being exterminated by yeah. the Chinese state. They are mm-hmm. being put into camps, forced to re-educate. There's awful stories of what's going on in there. It's just horrible. And China just continues to deny it. And is like if you try, if the America tries to bring up what's going on with the Uyghurs, they go, yeah, but what about what you did to the Native Americans? Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> that really helps people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then as well. So no one gets, you know, we don't fix anything. Um, I can't remember. Was it 2019 or 2020 we did the Hong Kong episode? I think it might have been 2019. It was 2019, yeah. Yeah, but since then when we were talking about how Hong, Hong Kong was in the throes of this revolution and whether or not it would go what way, mm-hmm. it got squashed. China's in charge. Hong Kong is now just a city in China, effectively. Um, any any democratic activists have either showed up or left. I think something like 100,000 Hong Kongers have chosen to take Chinese, or sorry, British passports, which they're entitled to and are leaving. Mm. And anyone who is staying and trying to speak up are being disappeared. Mm. So this guy is a guy who is taken total control of his massive country and is continuing to rise. And an interesting thing about the dynamic that we had with Trump for the last four years, obviously we all know from him saying China that he's been making uh, America standing up to China being one of his big things. Mm-hmm. Biden's not going to change that. Mm-hmm. Biden's going to continue that attitude. And if anything, he's coming in with an advantage because Trump has left loads of, uh, has left loads of like uh, trade sanctions and stuff like that on China that Biden can now go, okay, I'll lift them if you give me something for it. Right. And he's going to continue to big up the American military in the area. And I just think there is kind of a new Cold War coming. You think? Yeah, probably. It's going to be big. It's going to be scary. And there's probably going to be proxy wars and stuff like that. This is our Christmas episode. Yeah. What's the year in review, though? This is our Christmas episode. You wanted World War Three, and now you're getting it. <laughs> what did I... <laughs> I didn't ask for World War. Was this because I've been naughty? Instead <laughs> of a lump of coal, you're getting World War Three. <laughs> so anyway, that's why I wanted to give him a shout out. Uh, again, President G. He's on our shite list. Shite list. Not not the good list. Not the good list. Uh, he's on our shite list. But you know who is on our good list? Woo-hoo. Next person. Person. Next up is Hercules. Oh, buddy, Hercules. Hercules. Herc. 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 You Herc. did it, buddy. Herc. He's a great boy. Oh, he's all calm. He's not afraid of you anymore. Aww. Although he always dodges, dodges rubs because he's a bit of a dickhead like that. Mm. But apart from that, he's great. I wanted to put Hercules on the list of people, even though he's not a person, because dogs are the best. Dogs are the best. And dogs have helped people a lot in this pandemic. Yeah. Those who haven't been able to get Brezzy to interview to do interviews have had to rely on dogs for mental health. <laughs> um, Those are the two options <laughs> for good mental health. And people have really do- doubled down on dog ownership this year, hopefully mm-hmm. responsibly. Hopefully responsibly. A dog dogs. is for life, not just for pandemic. Pandemics. Exactly. Um, so I just wanted to give a brief shout out to that, dogs. Yeah. Thank you, dogs. We don't deserve you. Someone else who we probably don't deserve <laughs> on our list is Stacey Abrams. Uh, wonderful, wonderful human being. Um, America deserves her. Amer- America does. America needs her. Yes. <laughs> needs her. She is a powerhouse of political power. Yeah. She's a huge reason behind the success of Biden, the Biden-Harris campaign this year. Um, she flipped Georgia. She did. Um, so, and even just like in general, their the success of their campaign, so much of it is down to minority women, particularly black women. And there's a few notable notable examples of that of of black women getting out there and helping to flip states uh, and marshalling the black vote, which is no small task when you think about the toxicity of certain Trump supporters. Yeah, um, going out there and 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 you know shouting as loud as they did, but not just that as well to turn it around that a lot of. Um, African-Americans didn't vote for Clinton and weren't inclined to vote for Biden because mm. as we're talking about, they don't think the system is going to help them at all. So what, what incentive do they have? Exactly. So it's it's already a hard... It's a very hard it's, sell. It's a very hard sell. But but people like, again, Stacey Abrams, also Christiana Scott in Florida and uh, Brittany Smalls in Philadelphia and of course Stacey Abrams in Georgia took on that challenge and, yeah. and, and did great. So Stacey Abrams uh, in 2018, a little bit history on her, she ran for the, to be governor of Georgia and became the first African-American woman to run for governor in the United States, which is massive. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, her Republican challenger at the time was um, Georgia's longtime Secretary of State, Brian Kemp. And during his six years in office, Kemp cancelled voter registration for more than a million Georgia residents due to inactivity, air quotes, um, or generic error. 
uh, Kemp and his team saw this as admin, but then of course it's Abrams, a lie. yeah, exactly. Uh, saw saw this voter as, disenfranchisement. They know exactly what they're doing. It's exactly yeah, it's voter disenfranchisement, which is what um, Abrams claimed. Uh, she lost, but only by like fifty thousand votes, which was huge. Was huge. It, it, it put her on the map. It made her a superstar. Exactly. And she was um, very much in line for vice president. Mm-hmm. In her speech where she lost, she used that as a platform really well um, and she announced the launch of a new operation aimed at um, countering these voter purges that Kemp had led and trying to bring some equality back to the whole process. Um, Flash forward to 2020 and Stacey Abrams and her network of organizations had registered more than 800,000 votes in in Georgia alone, which is massive, uh, not only for the Biden-Harris result, but also for the uh, overflow that's going to happen in January. The um, the overflow elections for the which could dictate which way the Senate is going to go. Yeah. So all of that amazing groundwork that Stacey Abrams done is hopefully going to you know be built upon again and yeah. and lead to um, Democrats winning the Senate back, which would be amazing. That won't happen. But look, it might. It, it might. It definitely wouldn't have happened. No, it wouldn't, without, it wouldn't even be talking it about. Would, it. Yeah, it wouldn't be a possibility. I mean, they might get one Democratic senator for Georgia, which in itself is a huge fucking yeah, achievement. Exactly, it would have been an impossibility two years ago. The fact that that, that Georgia went blue in the, in this presidential election is astounding. It's 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 a Herculean effort, and like fucking fair play to them yeah. for, for this Stacey is, and her team for 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 doing it because I don't. That's politics. That's on the yeah. ground, hard slog, actual politics. That's like, it's. It's the activism, it's the keyboard warriorism distilled into actual hard politics. This yeah. is how you get power. Yeah. This is you win elections, you get power. That's how it works. Yeah. Yeah. We're coming towards the end of our list. You yeah. have the you have down on the list uh Steve's mystery person. Yes. And do you have any idea who it might be? Uh Miggle D. No. 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 It's a bit obvious. Uh, I don't I've genuinely no idea. It's you. <laughs> You're my person of the year, Richard Nolan. Oh, Steve. Both because I'm a soppy fella who wants to give appreciation for my very good friend, Aww. but also because you have played a blinder in terms of following the COVID rules, Richie Nolan. Oh, You were abroad when this happened. You were supposed to be traveling around the world, yeah. having a grand old time. Yeah. You could have chosen to stop on a beach in Thailand or something like that, and I'm sure lots of people did, but you were like, no, the safe and responsible thing is to come home, bed down, and do well. Yeah. You did come home to visit your family, but you did so at a safe time and isolated. Mm-hmm. You did the same at Christmas. You did, you're just, you're just fucking great. If it wasn't for you, a lot more people would be dead. When I found out about this pandemic, I like looked in the mirror and I was like, I've got two options right now. I can go out there uh, and lick poles in public transport and just cough at people's faces. Or I can go back to London, back to my flat and play Animal Crossing. And you chose... And I chose Animal Crossing. <laughs> just to clarify, to make sure I'm not wrong here. <laughs> Uh, and Steve is very sweet to, to thank you for that on behalf of the people of humanity oh man you know the way you like pints I love pints <gasps> I got you 10 pints oh my god <laughs> why do pints <laughs> suddenly appear oh it's huggable I've never been able to hug pints before it's a mini keg oh Steve oh man this is from Rascal's Brewery, one of Dublin's best craft beer makers. Oh, Steve, that's so. Oh, that's really touching. I didn't. I did not expect it to go that way when I saw Mystery Person. I thought it was going to be a goof, which makes me feel bad about my closing goof because what I've done is I've gone and gotten a framed picture of what I thought would be our actual person of the year. Okay, so if you bear with me. <laughs> so why were you pretending that you didn't think it was someone? Well, but I, I, well, this is like who I thought was going to be like our person of the year. So I went and like I just got a framed picture. Of my person of the year. <laughs> it's a mirror. <laughs> I'm the person of the year. Oh no, wait, Richie, look at it. You're the oh, person, I'm the of, person the year. of the year. So Steve, describe for the people what what this is. This is a very sparkly frame that has glitter hearts that were made, not like stuck on. They were made out of glitter goo. There's loads of very Actually, very um, very geometrically placed points would make me wonder about Richie's sanity. And loads of little bobbly things. And it is, it's got person of the year, WAP 2020. But 2020 is spelled out because I couldn't get any number uh, sparkly stickers. <laughs> um, and it's a, it's a mirror and it's me looking back at me. The aesthetic of it, it looks like a talented four-year-old made it. I'll put, we'll put a picture up on the socials. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a mirror that... Uh, 
that I got. So I was going to do a frame picture to see if I thought no, it'll be fun or if it's a mirror. But now I'm just realizing the danger of the tool I've just created because if Trump picked that up, he would become You're my person right. of the year. Damn right, that's true. It's always, it's always <laughs> been me. It's always been Trump. Um, Steve, I spent so long yesterday <laughs> that. I had, li- I had a tweezers and I had hundreds of those tiny little stick-on gems and I was just picking them up with tweezers and placing them, uh, going mad with the placement of the fuzzy balls on the frame. Uh, yeah. But you know what? It was worth it. I just bought you a pint online. <laughs> I just bought a keg and it got delivered. But hey, and look, I took it here in a bag. Hey, we both have, there's different, have you ever heard of different love languages? People yeah. have different ways to express themselves. Mine is barely, barely contained in sanity, arts and crafts. Yours is pints. And look, we work. We, we work, work together. It, works. it really works. So, uh, Michael Lee Higgins? No. No. <laughs> uh, man, what a year. Roller coaster. Absolutely. Ups and downs. But look, we did it. So far. Uh, oh God, you know what? We never, we never, this just shows you how <laughs> we never thanked our listeners or said they were the people of the year. It was just us just jacking each other off back and forth. But thank you listeners for sticking with us throughout the year. Hopefully it's been all right for you. Um, yeah, been a hard one for everyone, but you know, I'm glad we can still make this little show. Yeah. Um, even in the midst of all this. Uh, thank you for listening. It, you know, we're coming up on four years you know, our first presidential term pretty much. Um, and I didn't, I didn't necessarily know when we first started it that we would be making it four years later, but I'm glad we are. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's one of the best things that I've done. Yeah. Ditto. Ditto. Um, and thank you listeners for continuing to listen and please do like, share and subscribe. Yeah. All the usual pod stuff. Um, exciting news we'll be announcing about potentially if you, if you like, the show and want to hear more bonus episodes we'll Ooh. be a little bit more about that in the future we're doing a thingy we're, where you give money in exchange for more content yeah we're selling out Wee-hee. Jeff Bezos here we come <laughs> but yeah but you know we'll worry about that later for now I hope you have a lovely a lovely break a lovely Christmas stay uh, safe stay safe look after each other play Animal Crossing don't lick things don't lick things don't, yeah don't lick things <laughs> <laughs> don't lick, don't lick. You know the, uh, the Nintendo Switch cartridges Like if you put them in your mouth They're disgusting Because they're really small They don't want kids to eat them So try lick uh, When you go home Lick a, lick a, lick a Switch cartridge No I won't <laughs> No but it's disgusting Okay <laughs> Thank you for telling me that Now I know <laughs> This doesn't need to make that experience I'm going to look at my mirror Can, uh, f- Before we go Closing story you know the way 2020 has like found all these different creative ways to fuck us I just like I thought I, I thought I had experienced all the ones I was going to experience this year until uh, just this last week I got one fresh one um, so my girlfriend works for an ad agency and they um, works for an agency and one of their clients is Huawei and she was making a social post for them and she took a picture of my hand holding a phone that she was going to photoshop to use as a social post Uh the lovely people at Huawei rejected my hand because it was too hairy and, it's, <laughs> and instead used a picture that Kate took of my roommate's hand. So a big major uh, tech was- company said I was too hairy and not good enough for them right there at the very not end. Not just that, but China. But China. <laughs> China. I am too hairy for China. For China. <laughs> I did not think that I was going to get fucked this way <laughs> this year. But there we go. Don't, don't worry, Richie. Look at the mirror. <gasps> Look at the me. Mirror. It's okay. It's you. Me. Oh, 2020 is okay. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> this has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network.